All right, we want to get into something that has left many folks feeling isolated. I'm talking about autism spectrum disorder. The disability can cause social, communication, and behavioral challenges. And according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, about 1 in 44 children has been identified with ASD. It's almost like a grieving that you have to go through because you have this dream of this is what my child is going to be like, and then it's your world is completely flipped upside down and so um it's a lot it's a it's 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 a lot that's tanya hines autism remains a big part of tanya's everyday life that's why she runs an organization called experienced autism alliance i probably get up to 20 20 sometimes 30 calls a month it's a steady stream of folks looking for community to help cope with autism the service Tanya provides connects people to doctors and counselors that she and her family used to help her son, Avery. So my son just turned 18 in December, and so we are in the guardianship process. It's very lonely when you are in a world where you feel like you're by yourself. I felt so good kind of telling them like, hey, this is what I did, so maybe you could try this, or this is the doctors that I use, or this is the therapist that I use. Tanya told me when Avery was first diagnosed, fewer resources were available. ASD treatments include behavioral and developmental help. It also includes psychological therapy. How frequently do you meet with your, your friends who have become something of extended family? Oh, as much as possible. At least once a week. At least once a week. So yeah. it's, it's not like a formal thing. It just happens. Uh, yes, yes. But I am, I, our family motto also is that we just refuse to let autism rule our life. We try, even though it is here, the, the spotlight is on, we still try to live as normal as possible. We still go out, we still, and that's what I try to push to parents, like, you still have to live your life. You still have to take care of yourself. You still have life with your friends. But it's very difficult, but just because the way I am and I like being around people and, you know, this is my son. If he starts to have a meltdown, like, I kind of let people know ahead of time. If we have to leave early, we have to leave early. But, you know, typically everyone is very understanding. I've had really good understanding friends. And um, so my experience has been pretty, pretty good. It's those moments that gives the normalcy that Tanya is talking about. Occasionally, though, she reflects on this. Do you recall the moment that you and your family received the news from your doctor that this was the diagnosis and, you know, life would be different for you? Do you recall that? Yes, but my, so Avery was different from the other two. Just as a baby, everything about him was different. And so I would tell people, you know, he's not doing this like his brothers and he's not. And everyone would say, don't compare your kids, don't compare your kids. And I remember it was one day I just woke up and I got on the computer, everyone was sleeping and something on the screen said signs and symptoms of autism. Mm -hmm. And I, I clicked on it and it was every single thing. And I, I, he had every single sign and symptom. And I said, that's it. That's what's wrong with him. And I printed everything out. And that next day, I scheduled an appointment with his doctor. Sure. A week later, we went in. And I'm like, this is it. He's autistic. This is what's going on. 
Like I just knew it. And so she just said, okay, let's get him evaluated. And then that's how it started. So I've just been a little bit of he- ahead of the doctors because I'm with him every single day and I advocate for him, but that's really how it started. And I just kind of dove headfirst into learning every single thing because I knew nothing about autism um, when he was first diagnosed. That's why it's not taboo. Tanya told me about a workshop that she's having in March, something to connect people with answers to those questions. If no one's talking about it, then it's just being pushed under the rug. And then once again, you're leaving families to feel alone. And that's really, I share sometimes probably way too much about um, what I go through with Avery, but a lot of families, they are, they're happy to hear about like, hey, I, my son's doing the same thing, you know, and, or how did you, my son was a late potty trainer. That's something that no one wants to talk about, that my son was 15 when he was fully potty trained, where it is, you've got families that have kiddos that are in their 30s that are not potty trained. That's a, that's just something that's not talked, no one wants to talk about that. But so many families here in Hillsborough County battle this all the time. And so as soon as I started talking about it, you know, more and more people are like, oh, we're having the same struggles. What did you do? And then that's where, so the more we talk about it, the more we bring light to it, the more we bring awareness to it. Um, So that's why I just open up and um, talk about it. That kind of honesty. You don't have to put up this image that you can handle every single thing on your own. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to, to hire help. Like, it's, it's okay. I say, like, when you come to my home, it is lived in when you come here. Yeah. It is lived in. <laughs> someone is inhabiting this space. Yes, it is lived in. Um, and so, you know, the bathrooms and kitchen are clean, but it is toys, throw pillows, blankets, shoes, maybe. But it's lived in. And it is what it is. Well, how can people turn to you for help? What what do they need to go to? They can go to our social media, which is Experience Autism Alliance. We're on Facebook, Instagram, um, working on our YouTube. We have an amazing website that we spent pretty much all last year just developing full of resources. Um, You can schedule a one-on-one complimentary, I call it consultation where we just sit down and we just kind of go over what's going on and I kind of assist you with creating that map or that blueprint of getting you through this journey um yeah that's what we do we like I said throughout the year we host workshops um for parents and we try to just do some inclusive community events we want to be able to We want you to be able to go to a community event where it's maybe a sensory zone. That's kind of what we do. We'll do an event, but we'll specialize, have a a sensory zone so that parents don't have to feel like they're on an island or someone's staring at their kid if their kid is having a meltdown. Like it's kind of like everything you can, yeah, just inclusive. Like, and that's what we really want to push because I've lived it. So I know how difficult it is sometimes taking your kid out and you feel like you're the only one with, an autistic child or if he's if it's too much you know I wish it was a place where I could take him that's a little bit quieter a little calm that's what we try to create clearly Tanya advocated for her family 
And she told us that's exactly how she gained a diagnosis for Avery. She was serious about seeking out opportunities for yourself to reset. It's what has helped her and the folks that she advises. Now, you know we do these conversations bi-weekly, these frank conversations, so check out the previous episodes. And until next time, have a good one.